Hello and welcome to the Persephone program for October 22nd, 2020. Um, big shout out to some of my friends who have birthdays today and birthdays this uh, week. Uh, I feel like I haven't been very present. Um, I have been working so hard on rewrites and edits of the book, trying to make it, you know, as, as good as possible for you. Uh, so it's been a really interesting process, definitely, you know, pushing me to become, to express myself, um, more thoroughly and deeply to become a better writer, you know, and to, because the whole point of this is to share my journey of astrology with you to just become a better communicator in general, a better sharer. Uh, so that's what I've been doing and it's been very immersive and it's what I'm going to be doing for the next few months because I have an editor who happens to be in England and I'm working like I send her a chapter because it's essentially written uh, but I send her a chapter and then she does edits and then she sends it back and then I fix some things and I send it back to her and then it's done you know so it's there are, each chapter is like a little under 3,000 words so um, you know it's a it's a bit and um, you know, it's incorporating my story with astrology. So there's a lot of different concepts and tying that together and making it understandable, especially for her who doesn't know anything about astrology. She's forcing me, <laughs> you know, as you know, I don't always explain everything. Um, so I'm excited for you guys to, to read the book when it's out. It should be the end of the, the year on, on hopefully on track. Um, so you get it you know, before the, for the big change of 2021. So welcome to Scorpio season. It is honestly my favorite time of the year. This is, um, the next few months, Scorpio and Sagittarius season are just, I don't know why, you know, for a lot of people, they don't feel good probably because the transiting sun is up at the top of my chart. So it's when I feel the most social. Um, summer is not. I mean, I am, summer and me are just like, eh. Um, winter is always super freaking intense, you know, mostly because a lot of winter goes through my 12th and first house. When the sun transits through different aspects of your chart, you really feel it. And it highlights that arena of life. So all the transiting planets highlight the arena of life. So if you have, I mean, I have a 23 degree Libra midheaven. So the sun is like kind of like, um, you know, right over my midheaven and will be transiting through my 10th house for most of Scorpio season. So that's the very top of my chart. So that's when I feel the most like, and I really do that if, if I could celebrate only one holiday of every holiday, it would be Halloween. You know, and Dia de los Muertes, All Souls Day. Those are my the times that I want to get out and I want to do stuff. Interestingly enough, the sun is in my tenth house. So, where is the sun in your chart? What is it highlighting for you? Think about that. As we start um, our Scorpio season, and I'm going to give you just a little bit of a weather report before I get into reading from Scorpio in a little excerpt from the book. Um. The sun obviously has just moved to uh, Scorpio. It will be today, this this afternoon, this early evening uh, in Scorpio. And it'll be conjunct Black Moon Lilith, who has just moved from 29 degrees Aries into, um, I'm sorry, it'll be 
opposing Black Moon Lilith, uh, which has just moved from Aries. And, it, and Black Moon Lilith was kind of like for the last, you know, year, the the the, re, the last months of this year, she was kind of also conjunct the Aries and, um, and Mars and things like that. Now she's moved to Taurus. So um, Black Moon Lilith will be um, opposing, um, the sun and, you know, eventually she's going to catch up and, and conjunct Uranus and Taurus, which will be interesting. Um, because Black Moon Lilith is a, is the apogee or the apogee of the moon. It's kind of like the dark side or the dark point of the moon. So the Black Moon Lilith that we use in astrology the most isn't an asteroid or a planetoid or a dwarf planet. It is a point in space, like the nodes of the moon. And if you think about it as another aspect of the moon, the divine feminine and the lunar nature, it is that which is disenfranchised. It is the dark side. So Black Moon Lilith kind of represents the dark in the zeitgeist, the dark side of the of the, the feminine, both within our own natal charts and also within the collective. So there'll be that's interesting. Um something coming up with with the feminine again in this this time period I wouldn't be surprised if something in the news comes up with um you know fairly fairly recently maybe even this week with with you know uh, abuse of women or something having to do with with women you know rising up in in hurt fury and anger not that they haven't but more um dark feminine could even be something having to do with Amy Coney Barrett you know or women protesting her handmaid's tale, you know, form of, you know, potential, you know, philosophy ideology. So the sun will be in Scorpio from October 22nd to November 19th. Mercury is in Scorpio and uh, retrograde right now. It's going to retrograde back to Libra on the 27th and then it will move forward into Scorpio again um, November 10th. But Mercury will actually stay in Scorpio, retrograding back to Libra until December 1st, which is a long time. So we're going to have a lot of, remember Mercury is like our communication and the focus of our general um, you know, group mind. So there's going to be definitely still a lot of like digging in the dirt, issues of darkness, issues of things being uncovered very much so around the full moon too. Venus is in Libra from, remember she's a morning star. So she's going to be behind the sun before the sun. Uh, you can only see Venus in the night sky in the morning. And by the way, have you seen Mars, Saturn and Jupiter? It's unbelievable. Mars right now at retrograde is the closest that he is ever to the earth. So his energy is really prevalent in the collective in the zeitgeist. You can look up and see Mars in the night sky um, I think that he is east, um, you know, when it just turns dark and you'll see him as a red, very bright red planet is pretty much the brightest other than the moon. And then to the right of Mars, you should see Saturn and Jupiter with Jupiter a little bit brighter below Saturn, but they're all super visible to the night's eye. So remember when you see in astrology, when you see when their planets are really visible like that, they really are kind of what's happening, you know, so their energy is like really present in our, in our consciousness. Um, so we have Venus in Libra. Um, she's only visible in the morning. So you can see her like from, you know, one or two in the morning until dawn and she won't be turning, she'll move, um, 
into Libra on the 27th of October. So in five days, she's still in Virgo. And um, Venus obviously rules Libra, is very, is very strong in Libra. Um, and she won't move to Scorpio till the 21st, till we, it's Sagittarius season. And we'll report more then. So, um, wow. Scorpio season is kind of intense. Um, it's the 22nd today and on the 25th, the sun will conjunct Mercury. It will has that is when Mercury has its inferior conjunction. It is, um, combusted by the sun, uh, which is also interesting because, you know, we have so much collective delusion illusion in terms of what is real and what isn't in the group mind in the consensus in the reality having the sun um you know having mercury combust by the sun is like even more so like again nobody knows what is real and what isn't and it isn't very clear the facts are not super clear especially when mercury is hidden by the sun um and it's also retrograde so of course it's a little bit you know so it's murky so if you have decisions to make or you've got stuff coming up um give it time do not do not feel like you have all the facts do not you know check things three times if you can and just really like take it easy um take it easy (laughs) take her easy dude um on november 1st um, Mercury squares Saturn right before the election. So Mercury also does this square with Saturn um, in its uh, movement back into Libra. And that's going to be a little bit of a challenge too, again, with uh, communication and mail-in voting and all of that. And then um, we have election day um, where, you know, things are... <laughs> kind of a mess. And, um, oh, you know, I'm sorry. Let me move back to the Taurus full moon on the 31st. Okay. So we have on the 25th sun conjunct, um, Mercury, and then we have our, we have our full moon in, um, Taurus. And it's a really interesting full moon because it is exactly conjunct Uranus. Uh, which is um, definitely going to probably show the surprises inherent in this time. And I wouldn't be surprised if something wild comes up in terms of the election. Uh, So we have the sun um, and the sun's sun's conjunct Juno. um, And then we have the moon... Uh, at eight degrees Taurus, exactly conjunct Uranus at eight degrees Taurus. And Black Moon Lilith is up there at one degrees Taurus uh, within seven degrees orb. I, I'll use it. I think that something really wild is going to come up, possibly having to do with, um, you know, with a woman or with the feminine. And um, it's no matter what, it's going to be a wild ride. Um, the, the dispositor of the moon, the, the full moon, the wild blue moon, the second moon in the, this, um, month also ruled by Venus, which is fair. It's not very aspected. It's only at four degrees Libra. And the only real aspect it has is an opposition to Chiron. So although you would say that, like, again, how you deal with this full moon is to, you know, um, mitigate any stress with Venusian activities, um, 
there's an aspect to Chiron here too. So it's really, again, it's like really important that you integrate any um, fears that you have, any issues that you have, any problems that come up, um, trying to be as loving and giving and, and uh, Venusian, again, to yourself and others as possible. So that means, you know, choosing harmony over strife. Um, if you feel bad about yourself or you feel that you've been wounded or victimized, not to lash out, um, but to try and um, mediate. Again, also like if you remember, like if you feel alone or you feel like you were unloved and often some, sometimes that can happen at, at the full moon, like all of we feel the feels so deeply. And with Scorpio Taurus, a lot of times it, there is that kind of um, feeling. If you do feel that way, remember to like cultivate love, cultivate Venus within yourself. I've done so many workshops on the planet Venus and cultivating it. Make yourself feel good, you know, um, be, you know, channel and be the, this energy, channel and be love, take care of yourself, sacred self-care, all that good stuff. So that's all going to be really super helpful at the full moon, um, and again, too, like also if anything comes up in the collective about the election or something, please take care of your own mental health. Okay, don't worry. This is bigger than you or I. Put energy into what it is that you want to have happen. Okay, so full moon, kind of crazy. Then Mercury's going to score Saturn. Um, and then finally on the third, uh, Mercury will uh, turn direct, direct motion. So, you know, the election's going to be a bit of a shit show. We're certainly not going to know anything. I don't expect we'll know anything definitive for till the middle of the month. Um, probably uh, when Mars turns direct on the 13th of November. That's probably when we're going to maybe be a little bit more sure. But there will probably still be a lot of contention. Um what else we have um we also have our final um our final conjunction of the planets jupiter and pluto so jupiter and pluto uh and saturn and pluto you know ushered off this this entire year with the saturn pluto conjunction and throughout this month, we've had different passes. Um, Jupiter and Pluto's last like exact conjunction is the 12th uh, of November. And then on the 13th, we also have Mars turning direct, which is kind of, I feel like it's kind of indicative of like moving forward finally. And the first, I guess, like two weeks of November is kind of crazy. What else is good? Um... Our new moon uh, on the 15th is nice. Um, it's a little bit better, but we do have Venus squaring Pluto that day. And then finally, we're out of Scorpio season on the 20th, moving into Sagittarius, where I feel that things will begin to feel sunnier. Things will begin to resolve. So Scorpio season is you know, really going to be sort of fraught with some really deep 
themes like it always is but it's even more uh intense this year it's even more um powerful and you know scorpio sign is sextile capricorn so we still have you know jupiter saturn and pluto in capricorn and towards the end of the month as the sun sextiles that capricorn planet there's going to be some resolution i really feel that there will but right before the election i mean that uranus conjunct the full moon oh my god like we it's gonna be a shit show it's gonna be crazy and i i mean i can't wait get the popcorn out um you know and and check it out i'm as always definitely celebrating um halloween and um you know it's it is my favorite holiday i want to read a little bit about the sign of scorpio and scorpio season to you from my book uh, and would love to hear from you about how you feel right now. Um, you can always email me. And, you know, if you're a client of mine, even though I'm not really taking a lot of readings right now, I'll be there for you. I'll grab a card. I'll look at your chart real quick uh, if you need me. Okay. So here's a little bit about Scorpio from my book, Capricorn Rising, coming out at the end of the year. Scorpio is the zodiacal repository of all things dark and dangerous. This is definitely a part of life, and there's no denying it. Scorpio season contains Halloween or Samhain, All Souls Day, Dia de los Muertos in Mexico. In the Northern Hemisphere, the light of the sun wanes in the wheel of the year. The veil between worlds is thinner. Leaves fall from the trees, and the natural world seems to die as the roots dig deep into the earth, awaiting rebirth. Fittingly, its tarot card is death. Scorpio in one's chart shows where you connect to this liminal, shadowy space. A feminine water element sign of fixed mode, Scorpio in the eighth house of the chart wheel represent the collective underground, our shadows, the occult, hidden and invisible, Sexuality and taboos reside here too, as well as obsessions, power, and resources shared and over others, passion and intimacy too. Where you have Scorpio in your own natal chart, you'll find powers of depth and magnetism, as well as experiences that embody the themes of its domain. The planets that rule Scorpio are Mars and Pluto. In Greco-Roman mythology, Hades Pluto, the Unseen One, is the god of the underworld and all of its riches. He wears a helmet of invisibility, representing his kingdom, also called Hades. Pluto was worshipped by the Romans as the god of both wealth and the dead, representing the literal and figurative features of his dark kingdom. You may recall the myth of his abduction of Persephone, known then as Kor or Prosperina, the daughter of Ceres Demeter, his sister. As the maiden goddess Prosperina was innocently picking flowers in a field with her friends, the ground opened up and her uncle Hades rose up from the underworld, abducted her, and dragged her down into his kingdom. She was said to have then been raped by him, an ancient way of claiming a bride. From this myth came possibly an explanation of the seasons, as Prosperina's mother withdrew Earth's life-giving energy, not allowing plants to grow while she was held. 
Unfortunately, Prosperina had inadvertently eaten the food of the dead while in captivity, an action which didn't allow one to leave. After much suffering on earth, a deal was brokered, and she was returned to her mother for six, or in some accounts, three months, representing the pomegranate seeds she had eaten. Living the other time with Hades, whom she then married, becoming Persephone, queen of the underworld, a psychopomp and torchbearer for visitors and denizens of the underworld. It's meaningful to me to outline this myth because my own astrological business is called the Persephone program. And it has been called that because of my own life's deep dive into the experience of Pluto, Pluto's transits in Scorpio. So, For all of us now, Scorpio season can be seen as a visit to the underworld with shadow, fear, and sometimes difficulty. I'll attempt to shine a light of meaning here, much like the lantern or light of consciousness that Persephone's guide, the goddess Hecate, shone for her in the darkness. This light is also the key, which is another symbol of Hecate, to not getting lost in a bleak place. Scorpio's motto is, I transform. It's interesting to connect this to the process of recycling in nature. There's a kind of a death, then a decomposition or breaking down of organic matter in order to transform the matter into new nutrient-rich materials that can be used again for growth. This cycle can also be found in the ancient process of alchemy, which had three classic stages, nigrero, the blackening, albedo, the whitening, and rubedo, the reddening, This psycho-spiritual esoteric process purpose is to transmute and to transform, to refine, to recycle, and evolve. In keeping with this theme, Scorpio also has several symbols associated with it, the scorpion, the eagle, and the phoenix, each describing the journey of transformation available in its mystery. If done properly, a kind of enlightenment and albredo comes into being from the integration and acceptance of negativity. And what follows then can be true rebirth, the rubredo, the light of the ruby, the phoenix, which knows what it really is, indestructible. I have the south node of the moon placed in Scorpio along with the planet Neptune. The south node of the moon has long been associated with the concept of karma in astrology. There's a particular kind of chart called a draconic chart that can be calculated with the nodes of the moon, also called caput and cado draconis in Latin, the dragon's head and tail. This chart takes the north node of the moon as zero degrees Aries in its calculation. It will have your planets and house placements the same, but in completely different signs. And it's easy for you to calculate with most astrology programs. Now, as you may know, I tend towards seeking meaning in life, however esoteric. I also tend to a fairly open idea as to what exactly that meaning may be. As Shakespeare wrote famously in Hamlet, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. In evolutionary or karmic astrology, which are focuses of astrology that have a foundation in the idea of human soul's evolution through life, we look at the nodes of the moon and outer planets as keys to our more expansive self, 
Simply put, you can find a story in these if you choose within your own psyche and astrology that reflects your deepest self or soul, which is an infinite being whose existence transcends your current egoic one. Much of this idea incorporates the ancient belief in the soul's transmigration into other lives and dimensions of being. That being said, folks, we're talking about past lives here. (laughs) In my draconic chart, your past life chart, my ascendant sun and Mercury are all in Scorpio, potentially reflecting an inner life or early life experiences and instincts to be symbolically Scorpionic. In addition, my chart, my natal chart features Scorpio ruling my 11th house of friends and groups. This all resonates with me deeply. We are learning, we're all learning to become the potential of our astrological natal charts. And within this experience is a struggle to release some of the themes present in our karmic footprint. Issues of power and powerlessness, of betrayal, sexual abuse, and some of the other sordid aspects of Scorpio's archetype have been extremely present in my life. However, so too have been the positive aspects of Scorpio and its chart house the 8th intense experiences of deep regeneration, healing, sharing of resources, power and control, perceptiveness, keen intuition, passion, and a lifelong interest in the depths of life's mystery. The gifts of the passage of Pluto and Scorpio's experience in consciousness building cannot be underestimated. They serve to develop a kind of inner strength and a knowing of life's myriad expressions which has personally brought immense peace and wisdom to my awareness. From innocent Prosperina to Queen Persephone, the passage of experience, symbolic and otherwise in life, includes finding and facing our shadow. This can be deeply empowering and ennobling. It's been so fascinating to me to study astrology as a blueprint of karma, the ever-revolving wheel of life and to see how it makes one suffer, as well as provides context for experiences that seem to go beyond any simplistic understanding of cause and effect. Though we may think we have some measure of control over our lives, the astrology of fate often tells a different story, and one that is less self-determined than many would desire. My own redemption and healing has come from recognizing the profundity of the correspondence between the mysteries of the planets, their organizing factors, and archetypal part in what's called the collective consciousness, which is symbolized by the corresponding actions, thoughts, beliefs, and activities of all humans on Earth. This, and the ability to integrate and live with my painful experiences, to see and perceive greater truths, is the gift of Scorpio. I'm wishing you all a spooky, powerful, regenerative, um, interesting, um, and healing Scorpio season. And uh, again, as always, I'd love to hear from you. And I will be back sooner probably rather than later. And really appreciate your listening and connecting with me. So have a happy Halloween.